0: coming up on marriage today with jimmy and karen every man wants to know one thing i have what it takes and every woman wants to know one thing you're worth fighting for and when a woman tells her husband you've got what it takes and a man tells his wife you're worth fighting for that's called heaven Striking your sexual match, and, and I want to talk about this. This is kind of a, a, a play on words here of striking your sexual match. I want to talk about igniting the sexual passion and deepening the intimacy of your relationship. Let me say this. Good sex is always intentional. You, you may have been you know, naturally, obviously, attracted to each other sexually when you met, but we can enjoy sex for the rest of our married lives. You know, Research proves that people are enjoying sex in the 70s, 80s, Uh, longer than ever because we're living longer and because of medical technology, but it's always intentional. It's never by accident. Listen, don't let the devil tell you the lie that if you married the right person that it would just happen naturally and you wouldn't have to work at it. That's just not true. You always have to put energy into the relationship regardless. But the other thing about striking your sexual match is it's how to take the natural differences that are between us and to make them dynamic rather than dangerous. God made us different by his design. We're, we're very, very different. And when you understand those differences, it's dynamic. But when you don't, it's, it's a very dangerous thing. About one-third of women are more sexual than their husbands, okay? And uh, to most men, especially younger men, are more sexual than their wives. Now, I want to tell you a dynamic that happens uh, in marriage and that is, Men men peak sexually when they're about 20 years old. Women peak sexually when they're about 40 years old. Isn't that cruel of God? <laughs> I mean, you're thinking, why didn't God make us where we peak at the same time? And let me tell you why. He wanted there to be some constructive years in there and not where we, you know, drop off the face of the earth for several years just having sex and like that. So the... Men peak sexually at 20 years old. Men, peak, women peak sexually at about 40 years old. So here's typically the scenario that happens in marriage. You have a, a young, let's just say you have a young couple that marries within weeks. She's convinced she married a pervert, okay? Because he wants sex all the time, and she doesn't want to feed the monster. If you want to kill a monster, you don't feed it. And so she's thinking, if I keep giving him sex, I'm just feeding the monster. And I, I'd want to kill the monster. So I'm going to just look at him, browbeat him, tell him there's something wrong with you. You need to go see Pastor Jimmy. And he doesn't go for that because it's a it's a need that he genuinely has. And for men, they don't need a lot of romancing. I mean, they, they really don't. Men can be ready for sex at the shortest notice. And just about any place is okay for it. They don't need a special setting. They don't need anything like that. They, you know, just out in the woods somewhere, just something, some somewhere. Or with a little privacy, not even complete privacy. They they're they're fine with that. Okay. That's a young man. Okay. Then she, on the other hand, she has to be romance to be sexual. She's not as naturally sexual as he is. So she has to be romance and she has to have a special setting for that. And if he's gonna have good sex with her, he's gonna have to pay attention with her all day. They're not just gonna jump in bed and have sex. He's gonna have to pay attention with her all day. He's gonna he's gonna have to be a good husband all day. So that, that's the way God designed it. So then Then he gets older, you know. he's getting older and and as he's getting older, his testosterone is dropping, which doesn't mean he doesn't need sex anymore, but it just means he's becoming a little less sexual, a little bit more emotional. All of a sudden they meet at 40 and that's a wonderful year, 40, because she's reaching her sexual peak. She's not as self-conscious about sex. She's more uh, in tune with her body. She's less afraid typically of getting pregnant. And so all of a sudden now th- this, is a, this is a pretty good time in life right here is 40 and now, now he starts getting older and as he's getting older, his testosterone is dropping and now all of a sudden he can't perform as quickly as he used to. And he needs a little bit of romancing. And he's saying, I don't want my wife just get in bed and have sex with me, I want her to talk with me before. <laughs> and she says, honey, I want sex. And he says, I have a headache. I have a headache. What? It's like a role reversal. It's really kind of like a payback. <laughs> Remember that headache you had for three years? Now I've got it. <laughs> and so let me talk about matching libidos for just a minute. You'll, you'll, you'll very rarely have matching libidos unless you buy some kind of a drug that I don't know of. Matching matching libidos. And what matching this is what, again, the devil wants you to think that there's a person out there for you that they're always gonna feel just like you feel and what just want just what you want. And every time you look at each other, it just it just happens, you know. You jump in bed, it just oh God, it happens. But you're married to this dud and you say you want sex, and that's the last thing on her mind, and you're thinking, I, I wish I had a sexual wife. Then maybe it's I wish I had a sexual wife. Listen, listen, Matching, matching libidos. It doesn't happen very often. But let me say, there are those times in marriage where you, where you have matching libidos and you have sex. It's fantastic. You both want the same thing at the same time. You have fantastic sex. Have it. First of all, wherever you are, have it. Okay. When you get finished, okay, go to the trophy shop. Buy a plaque. And on the plaque, have it engraved and said, At this moment in time, and at this place, we had matching libidos and had great sex. Go home and hang it wherever you had sex. And maybe in your lifetime, you'll accumulate several. And when you walk by it, touch it, cry. (laughs) Remember, and get over it. Because it doesn't happen that often. Great sex in marriage happens by us committing to meeting each other's sexual needs. I'm committed. And and you walk up and pinch me on the rear and say, I'd like to have sex and say, well, it's actually the last thing on my mind, but okay. And here's what happens. You weren't thinking about it before, but the more sex you have, the more sex you can have. You use it or lose it. And you may not have been interested before, but during the act, you become interested and the bonding happens. Hundreds of powerful chemicals and hormones are released in our bodies to bond us to each other to create an uh, ill will, or to goodwill, and to create uh, get rid of stress. I mean, these, these this is what happens when we're having sex. It kills stress. It literally bonds us together and makes us feel closer. So the issue is, it doesn't matter how I felt about it before. There's only one thing that matters. You're my husband. You're my wife. I am the only place where you can legally and legitimately get your sexual needs met. I will not strain you. I will meet your sexual needs with a good attitude for the rest of your life. Okay. And if there's something wrong with me where I can't, I will quickly go get help. I will not leave you in a relationship where you can't get your, your needs met. Now, there was a couple here in our church, and she had a physical issue, and they couldn't have intercourse and um, they came to see me and they kind of felt guilty because they were having great sex, but they were using alternate means, not uh, illegal or immoral, but they were just having to be creative because she couldn't have intercourse, and they came in to see me, and, and, and uh, they said, and she, by, by the way, neither one of them would make eye contact with me, and, but they just wanted to make sure they weren't about to get struck dead by God, and they came in and said, we can't have intercourse, so... We're having sex and, and she said, Here's what I'm doing for him and he said, Here's what I'm doing for her and they said, We just want to make sure that, that, that you know this is okay. And I said, I want both of you to look at me. And they, it took him a long time to look at me. I said, I looked at her and I said, Now listen to me. Good for you. What a great wife you are. You're having a physical problem, but in spite of your physical problem, you're going out of your way to meet your husband's sexual needs. And I said, I am so proud of you. And I looked at him and I said, I am so proud of you. Your wife is is not doing well. She's having a physical problem and you are doing everything you can to receive pleasure and give her pleasure, even though you can't have intercourse and you're both fulfilled and you're working hard at making the best of a bad situation. And they left my office. (laughs) I'm so proud of them. There's always a way to fulfill each other in a time of pregnancy, in a time of illness, in a time of difficulty. But you can't leave each other uh, unfulfilled. First Corinthians 7, again, is a scripture that says, when I get married, my body is the property of my spouse. Literally, read it for yourself. You don't have authority over your body. Your spouse does for the sake of sexual use, not sexual abuse, but sexual use. And it just means we're one. And you are my only legitimate legal way of getting my sexual needs met. And libidos go out the window. I mean, it's important that we have libido. And if we have a problem, we need to go get help. But the issue is a lot of times we don't have the same needs at the same time. Doesn't mean we can't have a great marriage though. Let me let me talk for just a minute about understanding your spouse's sexual differences. Now, uh, friends of ours, Dr. Gary and Barb Rossberg wrote a book called The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women. And this is how different we are. And I'm gonna read through these. I hope you'll listen to these because I'm gonna tell you about your spouse. They, they interviewed, I think it was around a thousand Christian couples in depth, asking them, what are your most important sexual needs in the marriage? And the men and women both, both answered, okay? And so here are the top five answers of the men and the top five answers of the women. Number one answer of men, of what, what is your most important sexual need is mutual satisfaction. 67% of the men, number one said, I want my wife to be satisfied. And this is what women need to understand is your, your husband wants you to be a participant in the sex and to be satisfied in it because it has to do with his self-esteem. In other words, he wants to be a good lover. He wants you to be attracted to him and he wants you to be involved. So he's gonna want you to be satisfied. Number one need of a woman sexually is affirmation. Before sex, she wants to be appreciated and she wants you to, to know that you think she's beautiful. And during sex, she wants you to affirm her and also let, you, uh, let her know that she's a great lover and that she's beautiful. Affirmation, uh, that's number one. Number two is, by the way, it's the same. It's connection. Men say out of the bedroom, I want her to be affectionate, I want her to praise me and I want her to be sensitive to me. And in the bedroom, I want her to connect to me. In other words, I want to feel as though she's uh, she's paying attention, that she's focused on me. Women say basically the same thing. Uh, outside of the bedroom, women say, I want him to care about my feelings. I want him to be sensitive and I want a total connection. I don't want to just have sex with my husband. I want a total connection of mind, body, and spirit. I want him to open up to me and I don't want him to just use me to get his sex needs taken care of. Now, this is interesting in research. Now, this is what I'm about to say. They find that over the average meal, the average couple tries to connect over a hundred times. And you say, what? We're constantly using verbal and nonverbal cues to see if our spouse is interested in us. And we walk by and touch them, or we look at them and smile, or we look at them and just look at them, or we say something to see if they're interested. But what I'm trying to do is to connect. And here's what they find in research. To the degree that you will not let your spouse connect, your chances of divorce dramatically rise. And here's what it means you look at each other, you affirm each other. When your spouse is saying something, you affirm it, you respond, and you let your spouse know this is about us. This is about us. I'm interested and I care. I'm connecting, rather than being distracted or disinterested. Connection is very important to both of us. Number three, uh, sex need of a man is responsiveness of his wife. He wants you to say yes to sex. Doesn't mean you can never say no, but yes, and to be interested in it. And unresponsiveness means rejection. It just really does. It's a big need for a man. Same thing for a woman too, but response. Number three, need of a woman sexually is non-sexual touch. And this is hard for men to understand. But what she's saying is, I want him to be affectionate with me outside of the bed. And in the bed, I just don't want him to grope me sexually. I want him to be soft and tender in the way that he touches me. And the more soft and non-sexual men are, the more sexual women become. Okay, Number four, important need of a man sexually is the initia- initiation of his wife. He wants you to, to uh, initiate sex. And I want to say it again. If you're not initiating intimacy with your spouse, there's something wrong with you. Your spouse needs you to initiate Verbal affection, physical affection, sexual affection, very, very important and if you 're not doing that they 're going to feel rejected but when a man a man, when a woman initiates sex with uh, her husband it it means everything to him yeah, I mean it says everything to him that he wants to hear in the relationship, and again, I know that there are women who are more sexual than their husbands and it A man needs to initiate sex with his wife too if he's less sexual than she is. Number four, sexual need of a woman is spiritual intimacy. When women were asked, what are your sexual needs? Women said, I want him to pray with me and I want him to be the spiritual leader of our home. Okay, and a lot of times men would say, I don't know what that has to do with sex. Most of what is important to a woman in sex doesn't happen in bed, it happens before you get in bed. And she's saying, I want, I want you to connect with me spiritually. Number five need of a man is affirmation. He wants to be appreciated for all that he does, praise. It goes to his need for respect and honor. I want you to praise me for being a good worker. I want you to praise me for what I do around the house. I want you to affirm me and make me feel like that you're not taking me for granted. Number five need of a woman is romance. She wants to be romance. Now my uncle, I did my uncle's funeral uh, years ago and uh, he and my aunt were married for 40 years. He wrote my aunt a new poem every day for 40 years and left it on the dining room table before he went to work. And I'm seeing the faces of women going, ooh, (laughs) you can't fake that now. Every day for, when I was doing his eulogy, my aunt said he wrote me a new poem every day for 40 years. And they had a fantastic marriage. Romance is meeting an unspoken need or desire. You're not in trouble. You're not being barked at. You're doing it because of one reason. You value that person and they're on your heart. This is what romance says. I'm thinking about you when I don't have to. When I'm at work, I'm thinking about you. And there's nothing more important to me than pursuing you. When a woman feels romanced outside of bed, she's sexual in bed. When a woman doesn't feel romantic, it's, just, it's like a man. When a woman initiates sex with her husband and she's verbally and physically affectionate with him, it's game, set, and match. That guy's ready to go see Jesus. I mean, he's in heaven. Okay, But when a man is romantic with his wife and he loves her and pursues her and comes out of his world to meet her needs without being told to, she's in heaven. That's, every woman wants to know they're valued. Every woman, here, here's, I heard, that, I think it was John Eldridge that said this, and it's really true. Every man wants to know one thing, I have what it takes. And every woman wants to know one thing, you're worth fighting for. And when a woman tells her husband, you've got what it takes. And a man tells his wife, you're worth fighting for. That's called heaven. We're different by God's design. And as I've, as I've said these things to you, I, I hope, I hope, what you listen here and, and here is these are legitimate. They're not, your spouse isn't like you. And you can have great sex. Again, we're different, but we match. You know, we're talking about sex today, sexual fulfillment in marriage, such a huge issue in marriage. And you, did you know that sex is the only unique feature in marriage? It's the only thing we do with each other that we don't do with somebody else. You know, we talk with other people, We spend money, you know, with other people. We, you know, have different things that we do with other people. But sex is specifically for marriage between a married couple. And when we have sex in marriage, we need to understand that this is a covenant part of our relationship. See, marriage is a covenant. It, it, it's a special relationship that God created. And sex is the covenant seal. Whenever you get married, you consummate your marriage by having sex. That's what sex is. In our culture, we've kind of lost our way. We've really forgotten what sex is. But sex is the only unique feature of marriage that God created as the covenant seal of marriage, which literally means we consummate our marriage with sex, and it's the covenant sign of marriage. You know, in as a believer, when you get saved and receive Christ, the covenant seal of salvation is water baptism. When you're water baptized, that seals the deal. I mean, it's a public ceremony that denotes a private act that we've done, but it's saying, hey, I've received Christ and I'm sealing the deal. Water baptism is very important for that reason. Then the covenant sign of being saved or the new covenant is communion. Every time we take communion and the the bread and the cup, what we're saying is, God, I remember. Jesus, I remember that you died for me. I remember that you saved me from my sins. I remember that I committed my life to you. And every time we take communion, there's a blessing. When God sees his people using covenant signs properly, God tremendously blesses it. In fact, if you read the scripture, you find... God is very emotional when it comes to covenant because he's a covenant God. He created the covenant of marriage in Genesis chapter 2. He created the new covenant. Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, remember me. So remember, when you're having sex in marriage, you're not just giving each other pleasure. You're, you're showing to each other, I remember. I remember that I married you and I gave my life to you. I remember that I committed to loving you in good times and bad times for better for worse richer for poorer sickness and in health. And what I'm doing in giving you sex right now is I'm not just experiencing pleasure or giving you pleasure. I want you to know that I remember. I want you to know that I'm yours only and that what we're doing right now in having sex is a sacred part of our relationship that is building a bond between us and is releasing a special blessing in our relationship, you know, scientifically, they prove that when you have sex in marriage, your body is flooded with hormones and chemicals that not only bond you together, but they're very, very powerful to create health, mental health, emotional health, the the strength of your relationship, on and on and on. And so what God wants is for you to be having sex in marriage, serving each other, The greatest sex in marriage is not two people with great libidos who've read all the books on sex. That's not the best sex in marriage. The best sex in marriage is two servants in love, two people that get in bed and want to please each other and serve each other, and you're not there selfishly just to get your needs met, but you're there to say to your spouse, I remember, I remember the day that we stood and we made our vows to one another before God and before our family. I remember that I committed my life to you. And now when I'm giving you sex, because this is the only thing we do together that we don't do with somebody else, I remember that I vowed myself to you and you alone and that I vowed to serve you and to love you and to keep you for the rest of my life. And I'm telling you, whenever you express sex as the covenant sign in marriage and you serve your spouse that way, it is so extremely powerful. And I, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you make sex something special in your relationship and work at it. And as you do, God will release a special blessing because sex isn't just sex, it's the covenant sign of marriage that is so incredibly powerful. And I hope that this blesses you today, just this whole program on sex. And let me just say, we're able to come to you because of the financial support of people who believe in what we're doing. There is a war on marriage, there's a war on sex. Because it's so sacred, because it's such a special part of marriage, The devil hates marriage and he wants to take sexuality and just to to ruin it in our society. But we are raising a standard. We are helping people, not just you, but people all over the world to be able to enjoy God's plan for their marriage and sexuality. And if you believe in what we're doing, would you support us right now with your most generous gift? The information's there on your screen of how you can support us. We so appreciate everything that you do for us to help us to to go forward as a ministry helping the people that we can help. God bless you. We have some more information we want to share with you.